Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. It's the King of Chicago on Amigos, everything Amiga. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're talking about the king of Chicago. Oh, man. That wasn't you know, me when I was up there. I can tell you that. <laughs> we, uh, we, we recently went to Chicago. Yeah. We saw the, uh, we went to the Coco Fest over there. And uh, what was the most surprising thing to you? From our trip to Chicago, just can be something about Coco Fest or something about the Galloping Ghost. What was the thing that surprised you the most about our trip? I was real surprised that it snowed. <laughs> I was I was <laughs> I was pretty surprised by that. Um, I was pretty surprised that um, the part of Chicago we were in, it was like a perpetual, never-ending sprawl, and it sort of that sort of reminded me of. The outer parts of Houston, probably mm -hmm. most big cities, mm -hmm. you know, the and, and the road system down there, it, it it wasn't the most dangerous I've ever seen, but it was not the I would not say probably the easiest to navigate. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, you need to know where you're going, that's for sure. You know, there was, but I mean, listen, the part of Chicago we went to was uh, totally fine. I didn't, I would, I wasn't in fear of my life. I was not ducking. Uh, and, and, but I mean, there's, we didn't go anywhere near downtown. So there you go. To be uh, king now, of Chicago, you got to go right downtown. If you could be the king of any city, what would it be? Oh, I get to pick the city. You get to pick the city. Hmm. I got to think about that for a sec. Cause I mean, there are a lot of good cities. I don't think it would be an American city. Yeah, I want something more exotic, mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, oh, how about the king of like, and this could, I could actually probably do this. I could be like the king of like Honolulu. That'd be kind of nice out there. It'd, it'd be, be sunny. Do, I mean, yeah. granted, it, they've hit, they've got hosed here recently, you know, down in Hawaii, but uh, that would be dandy. Somewhere nice and warm, you know, with the beautiful sunny beaches and stuff. That'd be kind of nice. So I, I can handle that. I don't have to be, I'm not so arrogant where I have to be the king of the biggest city, but what about you? I'd be the king of Paris. Perry. Okay, and, I, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> what I do is I'd build my castle. It wouldn't really be a castle, it'd just be a nice room. Yeah. I'd have two. I'd have one, you know, the Louvre, right? I've heard of that. Yeah, the Louvre. Okay. The big art the art museum. Yeah. Yeah. They've got a glass pyramid that is like the entrance, but it's one of those things I've seen that, that. Start, yeah. It starts below ground and it builds up through the earth. Oh, it, okay. it comes up from underground. Right, it? Okay. exactly. I'd put one of my rooms on the top of that pyramid. Yeah. I'd put the other room on the top of the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. And then you know what I'd do? I don't. Zip line. Bam. You know, now you want me to be king of Las Vegas, because you could do something very similar there. And think about it. You could sleep in a new, like, monument every night. Mm -hmm. You could be the pyramids one night, Statue of Liberty, the uh, Eiffel Tower. Really, when you go to Las Vegas, you travel the world without leaving your 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 casino. The good thing about Vegas is like you could travel the world, and everywhere you go in the world, people are peeing on the street. They're laying down <laughs> on the sidewalk. Everything costs a fortune. Everyone is seedy. Everyone's half drunk and mostly naked, despite their body type. So yeah, if that's let's thank God that that's not a microcast of the actual world. That would be we'd be in deep trouble then. That's for sure. I, oh, if I agree. broke and pissed off. 
<laughs> Speaking of broken, pissed off, let's talk about the king of Chicago. We can talk about the king of Hurricane. That's me right there. <laughs> The, the wacky, jazzy tones of King of Chicago boat. This mm -hmm. game's got a real, uh, 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 an unusual soundtrack for an unusual game. That's for sure, boat, on this one. Had you played this one before this week? No, this is one, I'm going to tell you, you know, this is one game that we've heard about since we started doing the show, pretty much. People have talked about their love of the King of Chicago. Yeah. But it, since we never had to play it, and since we neither of us, I, I believe, had a lot of experience with the game, we just never really dialed it in. So this is my first time. Yeah, you know, I have, I had had less than a cup of coffee with this. I mean, I had clicked on it a couple of times, been like, eh, and then just never played even like 10 minutes of it until this week. Uh, and I'm surprised this one ever got uh, the votes to get, because we sort of inserted this one. This is a, it, it, this it is did a, not get the votes to be selected. This is an author ad. Yeah, we put yeah. this one in and we'll explain why in a little while. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> so this is the King of Chicago, uh, published on the Amiga in '87 uh, by Cinemaware. This one's credited uh, to the developer Master Designer Software. Uh, those guys, and we'll get into what that is here in a minute. But uh, Master Designer Software did a lot of uh, stuff: Defender of the Crown, one and two, SDI, uh, Sinbad, and the uh, Throne of the Falcon. That was all stuff that they worked on. Uh, and this was produced by your typical Cinemaware crew. Uh, you had Robert Joseph, uh, Philip Jacob, or excuse me, Robert Jacob and Philip Jacob, uh, John Cutter, of course. I mean, what did those guys not do? Wings, Three Stooges, Rocket Ranger, you know, Sinbad. They did, they did pretty much all the, you know, all the main Cinemaware titles. The big star of this show uh, is Doug Sharp. And the reason I say that is uh, the Amiga wasn't the first uh, machine to get King of Chicago. It was the second after Doug had released this thing on the Mac. The Mac Classic, I believe it was, wasn't it, Boat, if I'm not mistaken. Well, there was only one Mac. It was the, oh, is that the, the, the There Mac you go. Class. I guess now they yeah. call it the Classic. See, I'm not, I'm not as well-versed in the Mac lore. We're going to get into Doug uh, here in a little bit. Uh, the He hasn't done a ton of titles Uh he did a game called Free DC, and he did uh, Chip Wits, and he also pretty much did most of the porting to this to old other systems, including uh, to DOS, uh, to the uh, 68000. Uh, Who to thunk it, right? The the Atari ST, the, the Amiga. He did the ports. He did the ports of those pretty much. He coded them for the most part. Uh, of course, this one got spiced up by the Cinemaware gang. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention: we talked about the music in this boat, <clears throat> which was. Which is unusual. Yeah. Um, it was the music in this was uh was done by Bill Williams. We've actually crossed paths with this guy many many times. But as a programmer, he's the same guy that did Alley Cat, Mind Walker, Neuromancer. He did uh, Pioneer Plague, which me and Brent covered on our uh, Ham episode. He did Knights of the Crystallion, like Monopoly on the NES. He did Bart's Nightmare on the Super Nintendo. Man, he did a lot of programming. That's amazing. I, and this is a shoot. Monopoly on the NES is some of my most favorite music of any Real? video. No, I mean, he did the so. game. He did the game. Not oh, he just did the, the game. The game is he, also All those a... things I mentioned, he did the game. He didn't that's just do fantastic. music on them. Yeah, yeah, so he's a he was sort of a big player. Um, 
the uh, this game is credited as a screenplay by Doug Sharp and Paul Walsh. We'll get into that in a minute. That's a, kind of an interesting backstory on that. Uh, before we get too deep into the into the back into the uh, background of the programs of this, let's sort of discuss the game a little bit here, Boat. So, the game takes place in Chicago directly after the arrest of Al Capone, uh, which actually happened in real life. And uh, you are the uh, sort of a, a a big player on the north end of Chicago in an Irish gang, and you are put in a position to kind of guide this man's career, make decisions for him uh, as he works his way into getting a bigger piece of the action uh, on, in Chicago and by taking over territory and whatnot. Um, the game comes up with a screen where they machine gun the logo. There's a, there's a mm-hmm. wacky little ditty. Uh, and then you're sort of thrust right into the storyline. What, what were your thoughts on this, Bo, as this thing opens up? Because, I mean, it pretty much it shows you its hand uh, right, right out of the gate, doesn't it? Well, you know, the, the first thing I did, and I don't often do this, but since it was a CinemaWare game, I, I wanted to see what sort of supporting material the uh the the game came with and so i opened up the uh the manual that this thing came with and <laughs> it opens up with this sentence <clears throat> let's go back in time to 1201 a.m on january 17th 1920 a nation victorious in war and steeped in idealism embarked on what must be one of history's dumbest efforts to ever outlaw sin <laughs> so i thought that was nice they they, they come out swinging at uh, at the American government calling it uh, that prohibition one of the dumbest efforts ever to outlaw it, and it was pretty dumb. I'm not saying it's yeah. not. How was but, the manual? I didn't even look at the manual, but how is it? Well, the manual is a lot like CinemaWare's games. It's big on uh, information and low on useful information. So yeah, uh, you get a lot of uh, you get a lot of character profiles. Yeah, uh, you you get you know Pinky and Lola, Bull, Tony, Peepers. All the guys that you can read all about their backstory and everything like that, uh, they have a very extensive history of uh, gangsters on the screen. So not necessarily gangsters in real life, but gangsters that have appeared on various movies and things. It's amazing uh, how, uh, you know, gangster movies, you know, sort of ran parallel with the real gangsters in real life. Uh, and so it was it was one of those things where people that were not in Chicago and New York would go and see these movies and think that that was what it was like. And who knows? Maybe it was. Uh, but when it comes <laughs> to actually playing the game and uh, and, you know, like useful hints on how to play very low, low on that on that front. It's basically one of these things where it's like, just try different things and see what happens. It's interesting. Sure. It's got. I, I'm actually going to have to look at it because I would like to know a little bit of the backstory in some of these guys, especially like Ben. I was never sure if he was the mob's lawyer or he was just a uh, just another mobster. Exactly well, what his... Ben is crafty and devious. He's oh, more intelligent than ambitious. He's been with the North Side for years, and he can be a good advisor if he's treated well. Treating badly, and he can arrange to have your throat cut. Oh, Doesn't man. really like violence, and is a coward in action. Looks tough though. And won't hesitate to make threats. There you go. Well, that that that's that answer my question. But still, nope. at least they like put I something said, in there. That's a perfect <laughs> indicative of, of how this manual is. Um, when I fired this up for the first time, uh, I uh, I was just kind of looking at it, and uh, I was studying the screen, and I realized that things were happening, and uh, and that's when I discovered that this game will play itself if left unattended. Yeah. 
Absolutely it will. And it, it, sometimes it doesn't give you a ton of time to make a decision right. either. You have to get in right. there. So what is this game? Well, we explained the backstory. This game, I, I'm going to simplify what it is to, substantially. But what you've got here is a game that, of branching conversations that you control uh, what your guy says. So, like, and depending on what you do or say, the response or the outcome of different scenes will change. It's sort of like a real jazzed-up choose-your-adventure, but there's a lot more yeah. going on under the hood, uh, Boat. The technical I mean, I, term is visual novel. Visual novel. Now, you, now, this is something that was a new concept in 87, but, I mean, the, aren't there games like... Isn't this what the Telltale games that I hear about are? I've never well, played this, any of this. This was not really a new concept if you are a Macintosh gamer. And it's important to realize that this game first came out on the Mac. Because the Mac wasn't blessed with full-color graphics, and because the only thing that Steve Jobs hated worse than video games was comic books, it wasn't a platform that was awash with lots of games. But what mm. you did have was this program called HyperCard, and HyperCard allowed people to make these choose-your-own-adventure-style games uh, where you would basically click on different uh, you know, different uh, responses and it would take you to different places. So this is a... I mean, this game is definitely not a HyperCard game. I mean, this game is so far beyond uh, what that is. But the, the, uh, the sort of evolution of this type of game was well-established uh, well on the Macintosh, if not on the Amiga. You know, we might as well, since you mentioned the Mac, I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, again, we of course, this did come out on the Mac first. And D on the Mac, Doug Sharp did everything. He did everything. He did the script, the program, everything on there was him. And so uh, when you look at the Mac version, uh, the Mac version is a little, uh, from what I've heard, it's a little more unyieldy. It's a little slower than mm -hmm. the, than the uh, PC version. But one of the wackier things is, is that all the characters on the Mac version are made of they're claymated guys? Like, and what would happen was, from what I read, is that when uh, when the author would get tired of programming, he just get burnt out. He would go out in his garage, and he would he would mold different heads for his gangsters. That's what he did wow. to like really he relieved stress. So, and and when you see the Mac version of this with the weird looking guys. Those are just weird-looking artistic choices. That's someone's clayed clay head that he digitized. That's so interesting. And, and so I, I'm looking forward to getting into that. Uh, so, But that's what he did. So, yeah, this was actually, both uh, in terms of production, this was the first Cinemaware game ever undertaken uh, back when, when this one came out. It wasn't the first one to get released, but it was the first one that was, that was gotten into. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned... I mentioned that a guy named Paul Wash was given a credit on this as a, for screenplay. Um, he actually this get this he was brought in basically as as a dialogue guy. Mm. He went through to check all the dialogue, and uh, from an interview I read with uh, Doug, uh, these two guys both like just immersed themselves in gangster lore, gangster okay. movies and stuff, and so. They ended up basically writing a tons and tons of these little scenes. When you play this game, as you go through the game, uh, it there the game is split up every so often. And like I, it's hard to call these uh, different chapters because sometimes they'll be real short, but there'll be like basically a title card that'll pop up 
And it might say, uh, you know, that uh, an old boss is no good to the gang. Yeah, well, what, then, what, the, what these are like is these harken back to the days of silent movies. Yeah, where exactly. you know you, you have a, a scene card essentially, uh, scene card, and, uh, and every every time that you'd switch a scene, you'd move to a different location. You'd see a, a little paragraph that would inform you what you're about to see. Right, exactly. Now, these are uh, distributed in a strange way. This is a strange game. All right, and, yeah. and, and the way it flows. Um, when you start the game, you're, you're when you start the game, it starts the same way every time. You are there. And Al Capone's just been locked up. From there, you can branch out in different ways. And remember uh, a long time ago, we did It Came From The Desert. Remember that boat? I do, And, and we play, And this game has a lot of... It Came From The Desert has a lot of jack. People love that game, right? I like it, too. And But it was... It, but it was a, it jumped too far ahead, I think. And so we would get scenes in that that didn't make any sense all the time. Like stuff would happen that didn't make a lick of sense. Or you'd see stuff repetitively over and over. Yeah. That game tried to do what this game pulls off, which is uh tell a cohesive it, story while giving you uh the the insight to make choices. Right. Uh the the game when you make choices and you move from scene to scene, the narrative flows in a way that's not jarring. And that's the big difference between this and it came from the desert. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, in the true Cinemaware tradition, uh, this game is occasionally broken up with uh, little action scenes. Very little. Uh, but there are, I've seen, I think I saw three or four different action scenes where you do something. There's, uh, there's one where you throw a bomb. There's an assassination attempt. There's some where you shoot guns. There's also one where you shoot up a building, you know, which is interesting. I had an interesting uh, thing happen with that one. Uh, and so uh, they have a little, you know, just like little scenes. I will say they weren't hard and they weren't off. They didn't happen often, you know. So, But they absolutely had a huge impact on the narrative, depending on what happened in the scene. Right, right. Because... Uh, the um, unlike a lot of other games, well, I, I'm just going to come out and say it. this is an easier game to write than a lot of other games because all you have to do is look at real life. Like we haven't yet had a giant insect invasion in America, yeah, but we have had lots of gangland activity in the inner cities, and so like all you have to do is watch any film or you know read any any true crime story and see how these things go like if you're trying to extort somebody for money and they don't want to pay then you got to go in there and you got to you know firebomb their their shop you know or right. maybe you got to take somebody out you know you know sometimes uh, santa got to get whacked is do what you not, Doug I wanted to cuz Doug had a quote and this quote probably could do a better job than we can at describing what you're doing here uh, the quote is he writes a guy in a project. He was trying to explain the concept of this game, mm -hmm. and the co he says a guy in a projection booth with hours and hours of film about a, gr a group of gangsters. The film isn't on reels, but it's on short clips of a few seconds to a few minutes long. The clips hang all over the walls of the projection room. The projectionist knows exactly what's on each clip and can grab a new one and thread it into the projector instantly. The audience is out there in the theater shouting out suggestions, and the projectionist is listening and taking the suggestions into account, but also factoring in what clips he's already shown because he wants to put together a real story. That's his explanation for the game. I think that's, that's great. Probably, that's yeah, that's fantastic. about as good as it can do. Now, let's talk about playing the game. 
as we mentioned, you'll pick these different, uh, you'll, you'll basically pick the dialogue bubble that you want uh, when it comes, when, they, when you give it a chance. Uh, and you get some pretty vastly different stories. There is some sameness early, but once you get past, say, the first part of the game, I had some pretty wildly different experiences, uh, including one, my favorite scene, and my favorite runs of the whole game, it took me probably 45 minutes, Boat, uh, as I was going through this thing. It's real hard to die mm. in this game quickly, unless you, <laughs> the, the easiest way to die is to just start shooting everybody you come into contact with. You'll die <laughs> yeah. pretty quick then. You can but die in the first three minutes, yeah. You can go for a while. Yeah, and my, my the first couple places I tried to be peaceful. One thing about the guy you play, Pinky, there is no... Like he's a piece of garbage. Yeah, <laughs> like he's, a he's not nice. Yeah, he's mean to his girlfriend. He's mean to his uh, his geeks, you know. And so, but what got me was I was on my way. I captured three of the four parts of the city. You know, I was almost there, but there was a scene where I had to run through and shoot people in these windows right mm -hmm. with the mouse. Mm -hmm. And so it's the old bit where a silhouette pops up and maybe it's a guy, but sometimes it's a chick. Anyway, I shot a chick accidentally in this thing. And I didn't think much of it at the time. The cops came and arrested me and I got the chair. Yeah. I didn't even let you pick the dialogue you're going to say before you get electrocuted. It comes over your head. It's your classic <laughs> chair scene. I, it was really, I was surprised, but it made sense. Mm -hmm. uh, there are plenty of times, depending on how you decide to take over the gang, uh, who's on your side? When you're not another thing, uh, there's a ledger in this game after you become the uh, head boss of the Northside gang, and the ledger is all the payouts you're giving. How many? How much money do you give that your lieutenants? How much money do you give your gang? How many people are in your gang? Should you get more? Should you extort more money from these three big uh, mainline incomes? How you know? Uh, how much do you pay yourself? And depending on how you're doing on that ledger, the game changes. Because early on, the game sort of makes fun of you for you broke. Like, how are you going to do anything? You don't got no money. You know, and so you're, and your guy will bring that into his dialogue. Man, I'm broke. Or maybe you're not paying your girlfriend enough money. She wants a new hat. She wants a new pair of shoes. She always wants something. And your guy's sort of a crude jerk to her, too. But, you know, sometimes you pay her off. Sometimes you don't. I found it pretty fascinating, though, the amount of different uh, trees and paths you could go down uh, when I was playing this. I, I actually really enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would, Bode. Yeah, this is a game that I just... I wish there were more types of this game out there. Um, now, I know in the in the new world, there are. Uh, the Nintendo DS, there are several uh, games. Yeah, th This genre has always been vastly more popular in Japan in the United States. Uh, the mm. visual novel genre is huge over there, but they brought several games over here. There's a game called, I think, Room 314 that I played that was very good. Um, but, you know, there's just, there's something to be said for just feeling like, okay, you know, I want to essentially watch this movie, but I want to have some agency in what happens. Yeah. And like you said, it's the same thing that it's the same reason why choose your own adventure books are so popular. You just want to see what happens. You want to feel like you have control and you want to see how far you can take it. Where this game falls apart for me isn't so much the uh, the action sequences, uh, although I do find those difficult to control. Uh, but it's it, it is the ledger part of it because you you have very granular control over your ledger. 
and it's never explained exactly how much you need to adjust the numbers to make the expected outcome happen. And if that's the case, that's okay. You don't have to spell it out, but you should just be like, you know, give your give your guys like, you know, more or less or the same. Don't let me adjust the totals by $5 because you don't you don't know like maybe they do want more money, but how much more do they want? And that sort of thing can only be discovered by trial and error. And there are so many other variables going on in this game that you're never really sure what you're doing and how you're doing it. So if I could change anything about this game, it would be to simplify that ledger and just turn it into another choose your own adventure type thing where it's like, well, your boys are complaining. Do you want to give them more money, give them less money or stay the same? You know, that sort of a thing. Well, one thing I noticed, I actually, I like the, actually, I like the ledger a lot. And the okay. reason I like it is it, it act absolutely affects gameplay. And I'll give you oh, an yeah, example. Absolutely. Yeah. But like I'm not saying it doesn't. At one point I offered Ben 40 G's to mm -hmm. like go in with me. Right. And then right. I started I start screwing him, right? Mm -hmm. Like you'll lose your guys that way. They get mad, and like one time I did, I didn't pay him enough, and so when it, when I made a move, he didn't back me. Like he he shot me. Also, mm -hmm. one time I didn't pay my geeks enough money, they got mad. You know uh, what I like to do is like at the beginning you're in the hole, so I usually take a, I usually deduct by a third of my personal income to put in the kitty. But see, if so, you do that, then your boys think you're soft. Well, you're well. There's also if you don't gamble, like there's a bit. One of the stories I went in, I didn't gamble, and I would have lost. But they still thought I was a geek. Like mm -hmm. they mentioned it later. Right. It's, right. I don't. I I don't know how you write a game like this. I mean, I mean, I have no idea. I, I mean, and uh, it would be, uh, it would. It's quite a trick, and it's uh, it's sort of a it's sleight of hand on 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 a high level. Yes, the way this yeah. game works, and the fact that it doesn't. The fact that you don't repeat scenes in, like, this is a perfect game to play once a week. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. you play it one time. Like, if you sit down and play it, like, I played it like five, six times in a row, okay? You're going to go through the same bit at the beginning that you always do. Mm -hmm. But if you played this once a week for like a year or, or maybe half a year, you'd be, uh, you'd get a lot of play out of yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, this is a game, unlike a lot of CinemaWare games, in my opinion. If you do that, if you play this game once a week, you're going to see a different story every time, and I really believe that you're going to get your money's worth out of this full-priced game. This is a CinemaWare game. Like, this is the game. I mean, I mean, if, to, if you think about what the credo of CinemaWare was to make games that were like movies. Like, like Vince, yeah. This is it, you know. Uh, I should mention that uh, uh, Doug mentioned that it would take about eight hours to see all the stuff in the game. And he says it's most of the time when you play a single adventure, you're seeing about 20% of the game. That makes it bad. Now, if you suck or you do something crazy, like you said, you go crazy with the gun, you'll probably see a lot Every less. time you say Doug, I just think you're talking about Doug. No, Mark I'm talking Doug. about Doug, Doug Sharp. I'm on a first-day <laughs> basis with Doug, so I can call him by his first name. I call him so, Mr. Sharp. Um. So I guess we'll go ahead and spill the We sort of mentioned this last week. Uh, this Friday, a week from today as we record this, I'm going to be interviewing Doug Sharp one-on-one, -on -one, uh, live, streaming, next Friday. We're going to do it here on the channel. And so if you've got any questions you'd like to ask, uh, please 
uh, either what would be easy to do is just put them under this video at the uh, on YouTube, or if you're listening at home, put them in the Discord. Uh, we're going to be talking to Doug. Uh, it's funny how we ended up hooking up with him, which we'll probably get into that. Uh, but he seems like a real a real nice guy, and there's so much uh, to pick his brain on about this boat. I you can't know, wait there, to get into his claymation that, aspects of it in particular. There's one thing that I did want to touch on. Yeah, we haven't yet, and it's the interesting way that death is portrayed in this game. <laughs> yeah, because go ahead. You're whacking suckers left and right in this game, and this is boy. If this is the way that gangsters die, sign me up, baby. Because what happens is when they get shot, they just calmly close their eyes, they turn their head to the left, and just sink down a little bit. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> I wonder if he was pressured by CinemaWare to keep the gore out of this game. But even even if even if you I don't he wasn't think so. allowed to show blood, I mean, show in just a bullet a bullet hole in the chest or something like that. I mean, this is a game about killing people in cold blood. You've got to have some sort of violence. That is one sort of negative I have about this game, is that the death sequences are just so out of character with the rest of the game. Well, there, there's also the bit where, where did you ever get the concrete galoshes? There's that. No, there's, I so never that's, did. And then the electric chair. I would not call this a not violent game. Right. I will. I think the deaths were sort of a utilitarian death that they could use with what they had on the screen. I mean, the graphics are, are pr I would say, pretty good. The head, the faces. Mm -hmm. It looks like someone had a really good face-making program, and then, like, they just drew some bodies and stuff, which mm -hmm. is probably what they did. And, like, yeah. you could tell, like, D-Paint was heavily involved in, in the making of this game. But, I mean, for what it is, uh, I mean, this is a game you could play with no graphics if you wanted to, or or claymation graphics. But what's what's here is okay. It's serviceable. The deaths are funny. I mean, a lot of ways they are. They're they not are. supposed to be like when you kill the first boss, he just slightly. I mean, his whole body just goes like, but his head's still there. His eyes are shut. And Ben comes in. He's like, "What's happened?" It's like, "Well, he slumped over right there." It's what happened, Ben. He's mauled. <laughs> but I had to. I'm like you. I got. I got a, a big hoe. They make that noise. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. But hey, again, this was a you know this is this was under produ in production in like '86. So you're talking this is on the basic basic Amiga back oh, in yeah. the day. You know, so you know it's not it's. Uh, I think for what they were doing uh, and what they had to work with, they did a pretty good job. Uh, I should I didn't mention at the beginning of the uh, of the talk here, but this is two discs, so it's not too bad. You know, uh, uh, for two discs, I think they got like a lot of action out of this. Speaking of action, boat, uh, did we get any Discord action on this one? We did. Um, first, our first review comes in from Alien Breeder. He says, "When I was a youngster, this game looked amazing. He expected CinemaWare graphics and storytelling, along with puzzle-based gameplay. At the time, this seemed very cool. Trying to play it now, it doesn't quite hold up, but for the time, it was pretty good. If you need some nightmare fuel." Look at the Mac version. <laughs> yes. Overall, 789 top bananas. Very good. David Hearn Ryder writes, Cinemaware proved they were the masters of interactive storytelling with this gangster-led choose-your-own-adventure. I relished walking in the bloodstained shoes of the despicable Pinky Callahan, rising thug of the north side. Sometimes I'd shoot it out to the get to the top. Other times I'd angle to get more territory and occasionally... <clears throat> I'd aim for the impossible by trying to keep Lola happy. <laughs> the ace story branches give it replay value. The graphics are still so perfect for the era, 
the music fits the bill nicely. Arcade sequences are hit and miss, but brilliant storytelling wins you over. I was captivated traveling back to the 30s trying to become kingpin of the Windy City and rate it 9 out of 10 illegal barrels of hooch. Ricky DeRosa <laughs> writes, King of Chicago follows the typical cinemaware format of mixing a light strategy main game with arcade minigames, although this has a lot more emphasis on character interaction. Overall, this game is another winner from cinemaware. Pajaka6502 writes, The next game from Cinemaware I played after Defender of the Crown. The bar was set pretty high, and King of Chicago did not disappoint. On revisiting the game, it's not a million miles away from games like Mass Effect and Dragon Age, where your choices dictate the story, and with a few minigames and asset management thrown in, it really gives a good mix of gameplay. It's not all just lobbing pineapples and shooting up the joint for fun. I've been to the chair a few times for my crimes. The <laughs> ending isn't exactly the fanfare of Defender of the Crown, and my rash choices have led to many an early demise. So does crime really pay? The graphics are pretty awesome, but the thing that has always bugged me is the utter lack of any texture or shading in the character suits. It comes off as unfinished. The faces in this are beautifully rendered, and the rest of the game looks fantastic, so it's a complete mismatch. I knew it was all to save space, but it looks odd. Audio sets the tone well, although it's a little sparse, but it all comes together for something that is fun to play and once I have and one I've played many times and probably will again, nine out of ten. P.S. Ben's head is too big for his body. Okay, I'll shut up about the suit thing now. He's a meathead old Ben, that's for sure. <laughs> and finally, self-inflicted learning writes. King of Chicago is a story-driven, choose-your-own-adventure movie centered around a classic anti-hero named Pinky. Based on 1920s characters and plot lines from The Untouched... Sorry, I just fell asleep thinking about this game. Oh, the graphics are, That's right. The graphics and sound are overall very good considering the era. The minigames are typical cinemaware with nebulous controls designed only to frustrate you. So boo on those. My biggest problem with King of Chicago was not the execution, but the development team. Or by the, let me start that again. My biggest problem with King of Chicago was not the execution by the development team. My biggest issue is with the story and the main character. Pinky simply wasn't likable. I didn't want to roleplay him and wasn't inspired to root for him. So I ended up playing this only to discover the different ways I could get him whacked or yelled at by his girlfriend. <laughs> but after about 15 minutes, even that's lost its charm. Unless you have to see Mama cry every time he takes a dirt nap. And unless you're a monster, <laughs> that's just sad. Six out of ten. Graphics and sound are top-notch cinemaware. It's just not a fun game or captivating story. So self-inflicted learning, not a fan. <laughs> I forgot about the mom. She comes right every so often. Just, and she's, this, she's this generic and gangster mom. Oh, what, what did I go wrong? He's always yeah. crying. You used to be such a good boy. It's such a... Such baloney. But again, you know, it's right out of the movies. Right and someone mentioned the, the sound, and it's, you know, the the sound, and it's, I wouldn't call these what I would call uh, orchestral wonderment, you know, but I mean, it, it works for this game. Oh, I, yeah. You They're have to have ditty. something. They're little ditties but, <laughs> at the scene. I mean, it's like, yeah. It's like someone, someone beat a synthesizer with a hammer, but I mean, it does work. I like it keeps it, I like it strings it. things together in a weird jazzy way. Mm -hmm. um, Lemon gave this a seven point nine four, so on the cusp of eight. Uh, this did pretty well in the mags. Uh, CBG gave this a ninety percent. Uh, Commodore user gave it an eighty. I should mention there was a Commodore sixty four. Believe it or not, boat there was a C sixty four version that's announced, but it was never uh, never put out. 
So I think you could pretty much do a game like this on any computer, if you think about it. You know, I think pretty much any computer could handle some uh, version of this game. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, so, you could even you could even write a text adventure. Absolutely. You know? um, the Games Machine gave this an 80, a 70, uh, and it went down from there. But still, it, uh, pretty good scores across the board uh, on this one. A lot of fun. I did look this one up on the eBay boat. Uh, get your checkbook out, brother, because it ain't cheap. There currently aren't any on the Amiga side up on eBay, uh, but I've seen these things before. I looked uh, a long time ago. I looked at this game. It was over a hundred bucks. There's someone selling a sealed DOS version right now for ninety six bucks. That's sealed, so that'd be kind of neat. And I saw a GS version, that Apple GS, going for uh, sixty five. So you're not getting this one cheap. If you've got it, you've probably got yourself something good. So overall, Boater, big thumbs up on this one? Big thumbs up. Probably my favorite CinemaWare game I've played yet. Wow, the high praise. If you ask any Amiga repair technician what the most problematic component of a motherboard is, they'll undoubtedly mention capacitors. The electrolytic capacitors that ship with the Amiga are 30 years old or older at this point, and each one is a ticking time bomb waiting to explode battery acid all over your motherboard, sometimes damaging it irrevocably. Don't wait. Replace your capacitors now. Full capacitor kits for every Amiga model are available now at RetroRewind.ca. Don't want to attempt the repair yourself? Use their white glove recap service and leave the intricate removal and soldering process to the professionals using industry standard equipment. Use the promo code AMIGOS10 at checkout and save 10% off your cap kit or service. Remember, make RetroRewind.ca your first stop for all your Commodore computer needs. Amiga News. All right, Aaron, it's time for the old Pleiades. Man, the, I, I was a big fan of the arcade game, Pleiades. What are we looking at here, Boat? This is a 3D game where you are, uh, what you're supposed to do, according to the website, navigate through space, gather powerful ray stones, and unlock the Al Cyclone space station. And, wow. Uh, and so you're, you're doing stuff. What you're doing, you're flying around in 3D space, yeah, this looks very similar to a, an elite type game, with maybe some more NPC interaction. Um, this is a, uh, a a brand new game for the twelve hundred. Uh, doesn't list the um, the system requirements, so I'm guessing just a regular old twelve hundred will do. Uh, but it does. It looks very much like uh, Elite Dangerous in the way that the the uh, the the um, the radar is laid out and everything. Yeah. It's like you've got a docking sequence here. Who doesn't love a good docking sequence? Man, this isn't at all what I thought this would be. I used to play a game called Pleiades in the arcade. It was like just an like old, old Space Raider type game. Mm. This is this is like I thought this would be at least make a three D version, but no, this is this is a lot more uh, intricate, a lot more involved than I would have. Now been this game, Aaron, take note, uh, computer right. game developers. Uh, if you click on the itch page, first of all, put your game on itch. Don't be an idiot. Uh, this is where the people are. You're only cheating yourself if you don't put your game on itch. Two, charge a reasonable price. Yeah. $4.90. Okay? Bam, we're in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is like I click on it and I get it. Even if I've never, even if I never play it, 
I'm yeah. gonna buy it because that's a price that I can get behind. Amiga 1200 um, with four megs. It says here, boat. Right. That's all right. you need, brother. So uh, anyway, check out this guy's name or this guy's itch page, Mike K E T X dot itch dot io. Uh, this is an Amos uh, designed game, and uh, you can pick it up for less than a fiver and uh, enjoy an elite like experience. Listen to this, boat. I've never seen. Listen to this. This is on the page. By purchasing Pleiades 3D, you acknowledge and accept the inherent risks that come with playing software on an older system. The enjoyment <laughs> of that game may vary based on the hardware and software configurations of your retro computer. So, hey, not the worst preamble to put on there. Well, I mean, but what are we? Surely no one's going to sue you if the game the game blew up my machine. Remember, we, we're talking we're about the Amiga now? community. They'll Listen, do anything. Oh, come on. They're not that bad. Next up, Aaron, Forest of Illusion. Oh, you know, back in the in the sixteen bit days on the Sega Genesis, there were a series of Mickey Mouse games, Disney games by Capcom. Yeah. They were just incredible. Even the diehard Nintendo fanboy that I was could recognize that Capcom was putting out solid gold on the Sega Genesis. And now, Aaron, some of these games are coming to the Commodore Amiga CD thirty two. Uh, it looks like the first of these is the uh, Mickey Mouse and the Forest of Illusion. Uh, and uh, they've got a running uh, demo of this right now. Ooh, uh, how it nice. Is, it appears to be in early days, but uh, it it is uh, it looks great. I mean, yeah. it, it's Look running. Look at the backgrounds a, back there, It's, it's, it's running pretty. a little bit slow, but yeah. it is, uh, I mean, this is still still early days. If this comes out and it runs anywhere close to the way it does on the Genesis, it's going to show you sort of the wasted potential of the CD32 because if we pull off something like that, it's really going to be special. Well, theoretically, if the Genesis is running it, the 1200 should be able to run it at least well, as well. I, I've heard that before. Oh, listen, don't be a hater, Bo. This looks good. By the way, is the Scorpion engine the biggest king dong of cool stuff to come up with the Amiga in the past couple of years? It's got to yes. be, right? Yes. Like it's, everything. It's single handedly. It single handedly turned the Amiga demo software scene from a joke to something to be contended with. I don't know if it was a joke, but yes, oh my we've gosh. got all, all those old action. Blitz Basic games. Blitz and Basic all the is red cool. pill. Don't rag on those. Don't oh rag on those. Don't, be but nice. Those are worse than a trans code. No, they're so. not. And the thing is, Check people, out. That, people that worked in that, in that medium, they were doing yeoman's work. That's hard work, brother. So they're doing yeah. the best they could, Bo. Come on, give them a break. So anyway, I'm going to be um, watching this carefully. Uh, the Force of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse. That looks pretty good. CD32. Yeah. Next up, Aaron, this is one. Electro Man. Yeah. Yeah. So this Electro looks- Man bears a somewhat striking resemblance to uh, RoboCop. He's got the RoboCop mask. Just the top part, though. The bottom part's for suckers. You need to have a fleshy <laughs> jaw if you're going to be a, a real A game Electro by Man. chaos. You know it's <laughs> yeah. gold. That's as cool so, guy as it gets right there. So this is a port of an MS-DOS game called is Electro it? Man. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this oh, looks, yeah. like, you can see it it. looks <laughs> like a DOS game. <laughs> this yeah, is right up there. With your Jill of the Jungle and your Commander Keen. It's the way got Robocop moves. Yeah, it's look, there's a little ad you just shot. You're right. It's so, like it's like uh, Robocop got buff. You right. know what I mean? Like it's right. like I'm going sleeveless. He just I can't, busted my, right th- out of his armor. My robot arms can't contain my new muscularity. Exactly. So anyway, this thing is uh this thing is uh it's an alpha 
and uh, it is so far under development, but, uh, you know, Indie Retro News is the place to go if you want to keep track of its development. You can download the demo. It is available. Uh, they do have a universal joy and keyboard control, uh, and so you can check it out and play it today. You know, that what I never thought about this until this exact second, boat. We often talk about the... Uh, Cro- the uh, uh, European platform or the exploration platform mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. There is a crossover there that you could you could draw lines to the old DOS games, oh, yeah. sort of like that. Absolutely. You know, now they don't play quite the same, but uh, the DOS is probably a little more clunky. But, it, well, but it's the could... same sort of low effort schlock. Well, no. Would you stop? What's got into you today? That, that's what? not what I mean. That's, I don't mean that offensively. That's <laughs> listen. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pop a dialogue tree up here in a second to decide what to do with you. <laughs> What's next? Invanoid, an Arkanoid oh, Space Invaders mix. Okay, I like Get the it. The on this one. Okay. Yeah, he'd hate it the most. <laughs> he hates Arkanoid so much. I wonder what his views on Space Invaders are. They're not high. Um, so this, I you know, I am all about any sort of a remix that can combine two classic games together if they do it right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm seeing as I as I'm kind of looking at this thing, I'm seeing a lot of Arkanoid, and I guess maybe the Space Invaders are just sort of you imagine Arkanoid oh, that see. you've got a descending row of invaders to. Well, no, this with. is clever, isn't it? Yeah, you're yeah, right. That's yeah. exactly what it is. You're you're using. It's like the someone killed the little ship from in Space Invaders. Like, listen, what do we got left? That we got one of those old Arkanoids out in the in the barn, and they're like, we'll right. go get it. This right. is all we can Fire do. Up the dough. Let's do it. Yeah, and they, and they drug this thing out. I mean this. There could be something to this, you know. Yeah. It's a, it's yeah. an interesting concept, and uh, it is. This is still an early work in progress, but you Clean can zone. download the demo. So yeah, there you go. Who's this from again, Bo? Did we mention who this is from? This is uh, from. Let me look and see. Uh, I don't know that Neil gives it credit, uh, which is oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I am not sure who this is done by. I'm going to click on the. Uh, this is a, somewhere in Poland, I think. Uh, because it links to a Polish message board. So um, there you go. Okay. Congratulations then. Hey, the Polish folks, they're big Amiga uh, supporters, that's for sure. What's next? Oh, we got Doug here. Yeah. We got the other Doug, the real Doug. What, no, He's wait back a minute now. With the Amiga Art Contest 2023. Man. What are this year's prizes? I so haven't Doug, seen this one. Doug beams into this video looking like he's high on multiple mood-enhancing drugs. He is fired up about the Amiga contest this year, the Amiga art contest. He is ready to talk about all the wild and, and wondrous things there are. Yeah. Uh, th- th- I'm going to cut right to the chase. If you win this bad boy, yeah, $50 American. 50 buck, 50 buck top prize, Boat? That's right. That's... Not bad. Not bad. Is that enough Sec- to get you in, Boat? No. Is, I mean, is, a, I, is your what, Michelangelo ripoff going to be making another appearance? Listen, I don't want the people would complain that it was rigged. That's all I'm going to say. Look so um, the second place winner, $25 American. Yeah. Uh, he does put in, he will convert it into the currency of your choice. Yeah. It is a, a, a service provided by Doug. So uh, I hope that Ooh. this goes on to, uh, to, um, now, oh, he does have that. So the, there's a first place, a second place, and then a grand prize. Okay? Yeah. The grand prize, the best of show, $200 cash. Not an insignificant amount of money. No, that's good. That's good cash. And we know, I know for certain that um, amongst our 
friends in Discord and our usual listeners and supporters. But a lot of those guys get involved in this thing. So hopefully we get one of you fellas that we get no person get in there and uh, fire up something nice. I wish I had artistic skill boat. I'm just an oaf. You know, I don't have any. I wish I had some sort of drawing powers. Listen, you can't have if if you had artistic skill, there wouldn't be anything left for other people to excel at. You, you know, know what you, you got... do, but I got it. I just thought it hit me like a bolt of lightning. I'll break out the old Barry horn, right? The baritone. Yeah. You go grab the trombone. Okay. We'll do a little like dueling banjos on the on the horns. Yeah. And, we'll, and then we'll then we'll digitize it, and then we'll mm -hmm. send it in. That could be yeah. it right there. And we'll digitize the sound, and then we'll take video, and we'll have Edvin run the video through his Amiga because he That's has the right. power to do that. <laughs> that would be cool. Good point, Boat. Is that art? Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Finally, speaking of art, Aaron, this is just something that popped up on my YouTube feed. Chuck Rock Amiga intro music performed on Commodore computers. So, oh, yeah. You've got this guy. This is a big thing that people do now. You know, they take the sounds of the studio, yeah. the sounds of the keyboard, and they hook them up to theremins and various other things. They take disk drives, make sounds with them. Oh, yeah. And uh, and this guy, he's he's got a C1. It looks like a C64, one of the later model C64s, yeah. hooked up to a theremin. He's doing some nonsense with a disk drive, making the, the, the sounds of the disk drive. So yeah. if you want to hear Chuck Rock uh, from the Amiga being performed on various uh, Commodore hardware pieces, uh, then feel free to check that out. I kind of want to hear this, but I don't have a way to filter it through. Look at, by the way, this guy looks sort of like, um, remember Joel from Mr. Yeah, Theater? MSD3K, He's yeah. like, if that guy and uh, the the 8-bit guy had a child, it'd be this That's guy. That's not a child right that I want to contemplate. Well, I'm just saying, you're looking at it right now. <laughs> That's the guy right there. So good luck, weird instrument man. I mean, that is that is one wacky <laughs> instrument right there, I have to say. You know, but hey, it's different. I like it. I'm after the Chuck. I love that Chuck Rock theme. Although yeah. son of Chuck, son of Chuck is your money Chuck, in my opinion. We but we played that one. That's the one I like. But that's just me. Good stuff and, uh, there, boat. Yeah, that's going to do it for the Amiga news this week. What's been going on in the old YouTube channel? Well, let's just say that uh, we've got a couple new things up. Just a quick rundown. Uh, you know, myself and the Brent uh, did our first. R. Sinclair uh, boat on Rocco or the uh, Punch Out Knockoff, and uh, we had a Love good time. Show. Brent is uh, getting into the swing of things, boat. You may have to tutor him a little bit in the ways of the ZX. Hey, I uh, love that show. I thought Rocco was a great episode. Oh, we had we had a lot of fun uh, with it, uh, and I've done a couple. You know, I've been I've got my Friday Disaster Streams uh, back up and running. And last week, if you're interested, I did a disaster stream on the uh, on the Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive. The last years of the Mega Drive, they were not pretty years, boat. Really? I can you. No, they were. There were a couple of gems in there, but there were a lot of duds, mm. uh, a lot of a lot of football, a lot of EA uh, yeah. leftovers. Here's the funny thing, though. Uh, the uh, the the Genesis I just hooked up with. I used my magical baloney to get it hooked up, and it looked not that great. And today I was looking, I was looking for the thing to do tonight's disaster stream, and I found the HD Genesis adapter that I couldn't find last week. So, <laughs> but now you can't find your start adapter. <laughs> so, so, so I, I, it looks like a, an old computer store exploded in my house. That's what it it's looks like. like the so. story of the comb in the in the what was the other thing? I. Pfft, you got the beret? I don't know. Listen, I think people 
people don't care about the site news, Boat. They need to know the Deacon news. What's the Deacon news this week? Well, the, the Deaconing is firing up this week, this weekend. Uh, I, I wish I could tell you more, but I don't know what's going to go on. We're going to meet up at Clarksburg at Our Lady of Perpetual Help. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and your lady uh, of who? Our Lady of Perpetual Help. Help? Help. Or health. Yeah. Not, Which or definitely not hell. That would be a true. No, health? Like your health help. or help? Like H-E-L-P. H-E-L-P. Okay. H-E-L-P is on the way. Yeah. So anyway, me and eight other guys from the diocese are going to go and learn about what it means to be a deacon. I, in my mind, like inside the inner sanctum of the church, they've got like a wrestling ring in there. And they put <laughs> you guys in there and they're like, okay, we've got room for two deacons. And then it's just, you guys go out. <laughs> go. And, yeah. you know, and listen, it, when you're fighting to be a deacon, no holds barred, folks. That's right. That's true. That's what you get. Or Pope hat on a pole. Any you know, of that Catholic stuff could be in there. The Catholic Church is, you know, is famous for having several well-regarded boxing rings in New England. So if, listen, you, re- if you recall, the first fights in the first Rocky movie were done at a CYO hall. So. Yeah. And listen, uh, that's a... a, a not to be too stereotypical, but the old Irish priest routine, the old the former boxer that or the guy that goes to Boys Town. That's you know, right. Yeah, that yeah Father stick. Flanagan. Yeah, you know, so it's 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 real and it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say it's, that uh, since Boat's going to be going in uh, going to be a pencil neck deek next week, we'll be filming on a Thursday instead of a Friday for those that like to watch live. Boat, what do you think we're going to be playing? You ready to see? Let's see it, man. Okay, it looks like we'll be playing Subutu. Some kind of soccer game. The classic yeah, tabletop according to football Pixels game. At Dawn, according to Pixels at Dawn, this is a video game adaptation of the classic British sport, tabletop football. Is that like, uh, you know, foosball? I don't know. Could be, or it could be something this else. One. So we'll definitely be going. We'll be getting into something, but we don't know what. That'll be coming up next week. Uh, boat? I hope you do well in, in your deacon training, my friend. Thank you, my friend. I will see you next week. And until then, adios. Made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Patreon supporters help choose the games we play, receive exclusive magnets, and get access to the Amigos Retro Gaming Discord server. Visit patreon.com slash amigos podcast if you'd like to support the show and join our community.